good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis and our guest. Hi, this is Patty Fink and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89. And Patty says hi. And Patty says hi. She's not here today. Uh, <laughs> that was the ghost of Patty. Uh, I, I'm not sure how that happened because I was nowhere near the board <laughs> to it touch the, the go- wrong button. The at ghost the time. of Patty. <laughs> Did it really? Uh-huh. <laughs> it just went by itself. <laughs> Uh, Patty is with us. Patty will not be with us, but she's with us. Yeah, right. So our guest is Candy Markham. Candy's always here on our first Pledge Drive show of the quarter. Thank you for being with us and being our first pledger. My pleasure. Absolutely. Definitely my pleasure. Always much appreciated. <clears throat> um, if you'd like to make a pledge, the number is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Uh, or just go online, and I was looking at our list of pledgers, and most of our pledgers came from uh, people just going online and making a pledge. That uh, If you go to knon.org, hit the Pledge Now button, it'll ask you questions like difficult ones, name, address, <laughs> phone, email, and the amount of pledge and what credit card you'd like to put it on. And it's real simple. You can also um, get a list or see a a list of what our uh, pledge premiums are and for a $50 pledge we have a new t-shirt it's our 40th anniversary uh, t-shirt it's a gray shirt with red writing uh, and we have a pullover shirt that's red with white white writing it's like a dicky shirt like with the collar right like yeah. a polo shirt like, yeah yeah it's really nice um, it is uh, I'm just looking. Oh, we have back our canvas tote, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a KNON 40th anniversary canvas tote bag. Uh, that's for a $75 pledge. And if you'd like one of those items, either go online to knon.org or give us a call. LaRons are standing by. I am. Call me, 972-647-1893. Again, you can go online to knon.org, but I am here, and I'll gladly chat with you. So give us, give us a call, 972-647-1893, and I'll take your pledge. I love the new tagline on the shirts. Real people, real radio. Yeah, I like that, too. Oh, is that what that says? Uh-huh. Yeah. I can't see it from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's exactly right. It's community radio. It's very yep. unique. Yeah, when you call us, you're not going to go to some call center or some phone bank. You're going to talk directly to us. So give us a call, 972-647-1893. We are live, real, and in person. Or go online to knon.org. Um Candy, uh, for people who have missed every one of her other appearances, and we were figuring when you started coming. You said the first time you remember is 2010. 2010, yeah. I think that's about right. Okay, so 2010, 2000, or 1999? Very, very end of 1999. And 1990. Wow. So there's years and years of Lambda Weekly history uh, right here. And Candy had an idea. Why don't we talk about what was going on then, 40 years ago, when KNON went on the air, and how we got to where we are now. You know, and I would say happy anniversary to KNON. That's quite a feat, 40 years. Uh, Technology has changed the way we 
communicate, the way we entertain ourselves has changed. Technology hasn't changed here at KNON. <laughs> no, well, no, that's why we need their money. <laughs> but the point being is that we still reach people through radio, and we still make a difference. Um, and in 1983, when they started it, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people listen to radio and <clears throat> FM was still kind of new. Um, so in 83, for me, I had just started uh, my private practice maybe two years before, the, the fall of 81. Um, and I worked um, in my private practice and also with a gay counseling center called the Oaklone Counseling Center. Uh, with a man named Howie Dare. And through that time uh, of working with the Oakland Counseling Center, I met Bill Nelson uh, and a lot of other fellows that, uh, and women, uh, Louise and Vivian, who were very involved with making our community a community, <laughs> an active community. Uh, that's before we had the newspaper, and I can't remember the year, but I'm thinking um, it might have been uh, 86 or 85 when the newspaper started. Uh, 84. 84. Okay. So just a year later. Dallas Voice will be uh, celebrating 40 years next May. Okay. So everything, it was really uh, an energetic, creative, and horrible time in that AIDS was also coming into the forefront. Uh, but the, I would say that the, the, the energy and the creativity in our community was, was popping. Mm -hmm. And that's how the radio, our radio show on KNON came to be. And also the counseling center. Resource uh, center. Resource center came right, at, right after that. I mean, it was just lot, lots of things were happening. Mm -hmm. uh, at a time when there was a lot of discrimination and fear uh, around AIDS and so around being around gay people. You know, we didn't know how people were becoming infected with AIDS. Right. So what was it like as a counselor, open mm -hmm. counselor way back in 1983, were you hesitant or was there some hesitance to even be open about your sexual orientation? Absolutely, and, and, I, and I have to say this today. I still think it's an act of courage to come out. I, do, I agree. Even today. But Absolutely. you can imagine, in 1983, it was even more so. Uh, but I, in a way, you didn't know what the consequences of it were going to be. Would people come to you because you were open about it? and uh, Or would, would they be afraid of coming to you? Like, have to come in through the back door, nobody... <laughs> knew their name, cover up their license plate, you know. But you know, that, that was part of that creative time, too, is that all the bars were dark and hidden, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there was JRs. It was all windows. All windows. Mm -hmm. ve very new. Uh, very in-your-face, we are here, we are queer. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was a time of a lot of pride. And I would say that my practice built because I was out. There were no other therapists in Dallas who were out. And I know there were LGBTQ, probably, um, therapists practicing. 
and they were out maybe <clears throat> socially, mm-hmm. but they didn't market themselves like I did uh, as a, a, a lesbian therapist. And from that, I my practice started out with a lot of male clients. Uh, usually, uh, more women go into therapy than men. <clears throat> it's a shame. It's a shame for men, but. Uh, gay males would come to me because they were serious about looking at their stuff and they didn't want to be sitting across you know the table or the room from someone who they were attracted to so having a lesbian therapist was perfect for them interesting never would have even thought about that <laughs> they, yeah they wanted they wanted a female therapist so huh. uh, it, but were they hesitant to talk to you about anything real personal you know, they weren't, um, and that's kind of surprising because it's difficult to talk about your sexual activities, mm-hmm. but yet that's what a lot of them needed to talk about because AIDS was there, Right. and, and we were starting. W- when we say we didn't know what caused AIDS, we thought it was sexually transmitted from very early. We weren't sure. If you remember, they mm-hmm. did... Uh, uh, there, there experiments were some hes- with rats yeah. and poppers to see if maybe it was being spread from the poppers. You know, what mm-hmm. but, the, but I do remember it during that time, um, for, as a little kid, I remember paying close attention to it because I knew I was gay. But they weren't even for sure if it wasn't airborne. Yeah, they didn't you know. know. They, they would, I mean, they Couldn't knew how you got it, but... Water right. that, that you had drunken out of... Um, and but as as time went on, what we saw is that sharing needles, having unprotected sex, um, the exchange you, you of body fluids. Right, you did not have to be uh, a gay man to get it, but the people who were not getting it were the lesbians. Yep. <laughs> yep. We had nothing to do with those men. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, I mean, children were getting it um, mm-hmm. from their blood transfusions. Yeah, and, blood transfusions yeah. were and from mother's were, milk. Yeah, people were not checking the the blood at the beginning. All right. Uh, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe somebody can tell me. But I'm thinking to this day, it is difficult for a gay man to give blood. They just uh, they re- just relaxed some of the relaxed rules. some of it. I mean, just this year. Mm-hmm. All these years, gay men, if you were open about it and honest about it, um, you were not able to donate blood. Right. And I, I had an operation in uh, 2000, the very end, December of 2006, uh, and I lost a lot of blood, and I had friends who wanted to give blood, and that's how I found out that gay men could not give blood. So I'm thinking back, 1983, this show went on the air. Obviously, I wasn't listening. Um, David, I forgot when you came to Texas, but... 79. Okay, so, so were, were they talking about these issues that we're talking about on the air? Does anybody recall? On Lambda Weekly? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So that, that... The host, the original host mm-hmm. was Bill Nelson, and he certainly was talking about those issues. He had to be careful about some of the wording he used um, because... We went through a period of several station managers who weren't real thrilled with us. <laughs> the, uh, they were kind of afraid of us. The first station manager loved the show. Mm-hmm. It was his idea to put the show on the air. Now, there's a brave man. Well, because it was it wasn't 
popular. Gay people, you know, were being discriminated against. Well, brave, or he had no idea what he was getting into. <laughs> I'd like to think brave. <laughs> it was probably a combination of both. But, yeah, they were talking about it, but in very couched terms. And even then, that, that's okay, because think about it. 1983, what other LGBT medium was there out there? None. It was twit. This week in Texas. Yeah, yeah. But, but 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 that was that was uh, statewide. That was statewide, and that was um, just you know to social. That, that was to the LGBT community only. Yeah. Anybody could listen to the radio show, so that was kind of groundbreaking to have a place where somebody could talk about those issues open air, what anybody could sure. hear. Sure. Sure. Uh, because the station went on the air in on July thirtieth. Uh, 1983 and it had just been named AIDS in June 1983 and the reason that I remember that date is because I lost a friend he was listed as patient number 27 on the NIH list mm. and Tommy passed away sometime in June uh, the, I remember he died the week they named it AIDS mm. yeah and and I think um the way that worked is you became infected and got sick right away. You, you got some kind of um, mononucleosis, a lot of Howie Dare got that. So you got real sick and then, boom, you bounced back and you were fine for about 10 years. If you made it that If you far. made it through. Well, then the opportunistic infection started happening. Mm. So you had a kind of a gestation period of, of 10 years. It was a long time. So it was real hard to kind of put together what happened back here. And that even that, that time that you got real sick, felt like you had the flu or mono or something like that, they, they didn't put that together until later. That what happened is your immune system went down, you got sick, then your, your immune system came back up, and you went on with your life. Mm -hmm. So for Howie, we started that counseling center in 81. He had had mono several years before, not, not long before that. And then we went to that conference in Houston, that mental health conference in 82, and we heard about GRID, Gay-Related Immune Deficiency Syndrome, that was hitting gay men. So on the ride back from Houston, Howie said, we need to turn our second phone into a hotline because there's going to be a lot of questions about this. And that was mainly because how he played on the West Coast and how he played on the East Coast, and these friends of his were getting real, real sick. Yeah. So he knew it was coming. Hmm. Well, this is uh, our Pledge Drive show. 972-647-1893 uh, is the number to call. That's 972-647-1893. Uh, our guest is Candy Markham, as it always is during the first Pledge Drive show of the quarter. I want to thank some people who made pledges last time. Uh, Lily of Allen, Cynthia of Irving, Donna of McKinney, uh, David from Dallas, Tanya from Dallas, and Michael from Dallas. Michael, I remember making pledges back when I first started on the show, so thank, a special thank you to Michael. <laughs> thank oh, you, Michael. Thank you for hanging around with us all uh -huh. this time. Yeah, yeah. He, he's our longest pledger. That's so. awesome. Thank you, Michael. Um, it, if you'd like to make a pledge, you have uh, the... Well, yeah, so you, uh, David read off some of our, uh, our, our pledge premiums. You know, you can get the T-shirts and 
uh, the tote bag, and of course we still have hats and so forth, but we also have some tickets to give away. Um, you can see Mich- uh, the comedian Michelle Wolf uh, Friday, November 17th at the House of Blues. We have one pair for $75 gets you a pair of tickets, or $115 gets you a pair of tickets and a t-shirt. Um, tickets will be emailed to you, but give us a call and let's get that set up. Again, we only have one pair to see Michelle Wolf at 972-647-1893. We have another pair of tickets to see John Waters, the end of the world tour. That's coming up uh, even before the, the Michelle Wolf. That's going to be on Saturday, October 14th at the Longhorn Ballroom. Doors open at 630 um, and the show is at 8. Um, let's see here. We have one pair for this. It's $80. $80 gets you a pair of tickets. $120 gets you a pair of tickets and a T-shirt. Um, the names will be on the door for this one. Uh, so you can just go there. Your name will and be. And who is this? This is uh, John Waters. End of the world tour. John Waters, the filmmaker? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not that John Waters. Uh, That's why I wanted to make it clear. <laughs> that would be really cool to see him, though. I, I met him once. Really? Very, very odd person. Uh, uh, duh. <laughs> you have you seen his movies? <laughs> you got to be odd to make those kind of movies. But we love John Waters. But this is a different John Waters, so give us a call at 972-647-1893 and get these tickets. If you want uh, tickets, you need to call in on it. Uh, that's the one pledge that can't be done on right. uh, uh, online. So wasn't there a third one? Oh, I was going to do it later, bro. We can do that one, too. Well, um, we'll repeat them later. Okay. So this is from uh, the Netflix <laughs> Three Mics and Blocks, another comedian, Neil Brennan. Uh, from, here's a new tour called uh, Brand New Deal Tour. That's going to be actually this week on Friday, August 11th. Um, show starts the 7th at the Texas Theater. Um, there's one pair of tickets for that, $75 for one pair. Uh, for general admission seating. Uh, again, these tickets will be emailed to you also. So give us a call at 972-647-1893 to get any of these tickets. And that's the only way you can get them. You can't get these by going to the website. 972-647-1893. I'm standing by. Let's make it happen with these tickets. And why don't we take our break? You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM in Dallas. This is Rafael McDonald from Resource Center Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Lauren Landis, and our guest is Candy Markham. Um, we're doing another 40th anniversary show. Uh, we did one last week with Viv and Louise, and another pillar of our community is <laughs> Candy Markham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just talking about where were we in 1983. Um, so you were starting your counseling service. Yes. Laron, you were? Just moving up from Houston. I was in the sixth grade. <laughs> and I was just starting a new job as a sales rep. In Dallas? In Dallas. Okay. I was, I had been working at North Park. I had been transferred down here to run a shirt store. I went to work in 83 for the manufacturer and started using a travel agency. After five years, bought the travel agency that I was using and was traveling and started doing a travel column for Dallas Voice in 1989. How wonderful. I remember, I think I remember this, meeting you at a uh, a meeting of LGBTQ youth 
maybe 10% or whatever the name of that was for the resource center. And that's real possible. Did you do work with them? Well, I was on the board of DGLA, Dallas Gay and Lesbian okay. Alliance, so they came under us. Yeah. And we met at... They had a... You know, I don't know what the year was, but it's not too far. I mean, as we're going down the, the timeline from 83 to 2023, um, the Resource Center, I wish I knew more about this than I do, you probably do, they were supporting young LGBTQ people or people who were questioning mm -hmm. uh, their sexual orientation, and they would have meetings, and, and, and I bet there were 20 people in this room. At least. It was, it was popular, and mm -hmm. I don't know what I presented on. Uh, it might have been coming out issues or something like that. But I remember you being there, and I remember you were like in a coat and tie, <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> but we you like were, to be David. professional. I don't know why I would have been in a coat and tie, other than I might have been on my way to work. Maybe so, but, uh, but you had darker hair. <laughs> you were there. Yes, I bleach it now. <laughs> <laughs> Bleached it gray. <clears throat> but that's when a lot of organizations started growing and mm -hmm. a lot of need. So fundraising um, and a lot of people around my age um, starting their careers, going on with their careers, and a lot of these people going on disability because they had AIDS. Mm -hmm. uh, and the interesting thing with that is that we lost a <laughs> tremendous amount of people during that time, tremendous amount. Mm -hmm. But then... Um, and when you say that, I remember going to multiple funerals in a week. Two or three a day sometimes, the church, the Metropolitan Community Church mm -hmm. is what it was called back then. And um, But as time went on, the medicines got better and so the guys got better and maybe they hadn't worked for four or five years and now they needed to go back into the workforce mm -hmm. which is interesting uh, so it really um, it really impacted our community I, w I want to say in a devastating way because we lost a lot of wonderful leaders mm -hmm. uh, and from that uh, the uh, what was it called the Lambda Leadership, Leadership Lambda was formed. Oh, right. Because we'd lost so many men to AIDS. It was to train people to become leaders in the community. Yeah, because we'd lost so many. Right. And so they had a great big conference. Uh, they really worked hard toward this conference. It's kind of toward the end of working to that. They thought, what are we going to do now with all these people that we've brought into the conference? And so they thought we should have a seminar series. And so they asked Lee Taft and I to chair that so that after the people went to this conference, then they would do a six-month seminar series and learn about Dallas and the gay community and, and how all that comes together. Uh, and that was a wonderful thing that came from that. The, in the first class uh, was Cece Cox, uh, and uh, Steve um, Atkinson Atkinson mm -hmm. and my wife Carolyn Hall mm -hmm. uh, and so I met a lot of wonderful people through that so when you you look at this time and say it was a devastating time there there were some horrible things that happened but there were some wonderful things that happened. Hey, I was gonna ask do you think 
if there was a silver lining from HIV and AIDS um, in the early 80s, you know, I remember hearing about the, you know, uh, LGBT bars, you know, they were very segregated. You had to men bars, you had to lesbian bars, and the two didn't really intermix much. Um, but because of AIDS, um, the lesbian community really stepped up and helped gay men. Um, but do you think that kind of brought us together as a community closer? And um, now it's common to see lesbians at gay bars and vice versa, and it's not that much it's that, big, that big a deal anymore. Um, we work together, communities, it's more, much more of a community today. Do you think yeah. AIDS kind of spurred that? I, I do think that, plus all the organizations that were being developed because of all this, men and women served on both those, on all these organizations. Um, I think the things that, that came from that, if I, if I were to stereotype a gay male relationship, it, it would be one that didn't stay together too long. If I were to stereotype a lesbian relationship, it would be, you know, just nice each other to death. Um, <laughs> but I think they stay together too long. <laughs> well, they're just so nice to each other. When I have and, and them too in fast. <laughs> when I have them in session, I'm like, now come on, let's let's really talk about what's going on. So yeah, one time I brought that up to a male client of mine that you know, do you know what lesbians do on the second date? <laughs> and he goes, yes, rent the U-Haul, but do you know what men do on the second date? He said to me, and I said no, and he said quit having sex <laughs> <laughs> so I mean these are all stereotypes that we're talking about but I had a different answer for that one but they find out each other's names <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they see each other in the light and these oh, are all stereotypes no. Very uh, much because so. <laughs> I know probably the relationships that I know that are as long as mine and longer are male mm -hmm. you know so, uh, so that's why I'm saying this is a stereotype. But I have heard from men, gay men, that they don't know if men would have been there for women, the lesbians, like the lesbians were there for the men. Interesting. I've heard gay men say that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've heard them say that lesbians taught them how to have relationships. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So that's, that's interesting. So these are some changes, some of those positive things that came and the other positive thing that stays in my mind I always want to cry when this happens um, is the gay men saying to me AIDS is a blessing because I take better care of myself hmm. uh, I can be I can have a relationship that I trust uh, and that we will be there for each other um, and so this is the healthiest I've ever been, even though they're dying of AIDS. Hmm. So profound things happen yeah. from that. Yeah. Well, this is a Pledge Drive show. Uh, it's our 40th anniversary show, which means this is our 160th Pledge Drive <laughs> that we've participated in. One way that you can make a donation is you can make a monthly donation, and it can be done with a credit card or debit card. Uh, call now and tell us you'd like to help with a sustaining monthly donation. Your donation would be the gift that keeps giving all year, one month at a time. And the way I think of it is, it's a guaranteed income for the station through the year. 
Uh, so the sustaining donations really are very important. You can have it deducted the first of the month or the 15th of the month, but the first donation would come out today when you give us a call and let us know you would like to make uh, a sustaining donation. It's easy, it's automatic. You select the amount that will come out of your account every month with a minimum of $5 required uh, because of the cost of maintaining that type of um, donation. <clears throat> so a monthly draft will occur for at least a year, and after the year has expired, you can tell us you want to cancel it, you want to, uh, uh, you want to change it, uh, you want it to keep on going, whatever you'd like to do. But sustaining donations are very important to the station. If you'd like to make a sustaining donation, give us a call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Now, we have some tickets to give away. We do, but first I want to piggyback up where you were saying <coughs> about the sustaining donations. You probably wonder, where is your money going to? It's, it's not going to our, our big, huge salaries. Um, <laughs> uh, there are... Uh, monthly things that are uh, pretty expensive things just to keep a radio station going. So I'm going to give you a peek into what we do, what we, what we have to pay just to keep the uh, radio station running. Uh, there's a tower lease. You've got to have a tower you're going to run a, uh, to run a radio station. Um, the Cadence lease uh, cost is $5,480 a month. That's just, wow. the, that's just for the tower lease. Office rent. We pay almost $3,800 a month just for to rent this office. Um, there's fundraising expenses that cost you, you know, you get, we get, get the t-shirts and the other premiums. Well, that costs, you know, there's almost $4,200 a month in fundraising expenses. And then, you know, we got to pay for the phones that you call us on, uh, the phone and the internet, you know, that's over a thousand dollars a month. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, there are, your money is going to very real things to keep the station operational so uh sustaining donation would be great um and help helping with that again give us a call at 972-647-1893 one other way you can make a donation is we're removing it to the 21st century here and you can uh cash app it you can cash up us at dollar sign KNON radio now you can get a, a premium a pledge premium when you do it that way but you can still make um you just click on your phone and, and, and do it that way. It's dollar sign KNON radio. And we have some tickets to give away. More tickets. Well, same tickets. Uh, John Waters, not the movie maker. <laughs> John Waters, <laughs> End of the World Tour. That's Saturday, October 14th at the Longhorn, Longhorn Ballroom. Doors open at 630. The show starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, general admission standing. Um, we have one pair of tickets and uh, for $80. Uh, $120 gets you a pair of tickets plus a t-shirt and your name will just be at the door for that one so once you call in make the pledge we'll put your name down and you show up you, know, you don't have to worry about tickets for that one then we have Michelle Wolf comedian Michelle Wolf I've heard a little bit about her I don't know how funny she I don't, is I don't know. Um, she's going to be at the House of Blues on November 17th we have a pair of tickets for that for $75 or $115 gets you a pair of tickets plus a t-shirt um, your tickets will be emailed to you for that one. And one of the pledge premiums this time is red sunglasses with a KNON logo nice. on them. So each show got one pair, and I have a pair for each of you. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And I wanted to underscore, you said it quickly, Laron, and I want to underscore it. Uh, no one gets paid in this station, thank you, that are doing these shows. No. 
No one does. Thank you. And David and Ron have been doing this for many moons. Many and moons. And they have gotten zero money. Just do it out so of the goodness of our heart. keeping it open. Yeah, yeah. So give us a call, 972-647-1893, or go to knun.org and make your donation. And we've been talking about um, how we got here. Where were we in 1983? And that was when the AIDS crisis began. Um, actually, I guess the first cases of AIDS were back in the 70s, but we didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what they were. The company that I worked for in New York uh, had somebody who was gay who uh, contracted, um, oh, uh, uh, Kaposi's sarcoma, which was uh, a uh, cancer. It formed lesions on your skin, but I also That's think right. they were internal, too. But they showed up, <clears throat> they usually show up with older people who have a suppressed immune system, and they usually show up around their ankles. Hmm. Uh, and for the uh, HIV guys, it, it would show up all up and down their legs, on their face, um, and they would shoot something into them to try to make them smaller. But they, the, the person had no immune system. This cancer was just taken over. Well, this guy, I guess, had KS, and that's, I think, what he died from in 1975. 75, wow. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't an old man. No. Yeah. I, I, I think the earliest case they've actually found was somebody from back in the 60s. They, they, they had their tissue, and they went and tested it, and they... It, it, they it was, had the virus. They had the virus. Um, mm. But again, it just... It didn't but early 80s is when... It blew up. It blew up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it... it tended to infect people in the gay community uh, and we were extremely touched by it uh, here yeah. in Dallas. I remember um, when we were first talking about uh, when it will hit Dallas, mm -hmm. it was like, well, it's down in Houston, but we're not sure if it's going to make it up here to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, well, it made it everywhere. Yeah. You know, and I remember them also saying that they thought maybe it came from the monkeys in mm -hmm. Africa. Mm -hmm. Because there's a simian version of HIV. Right. And I've heard uh, that I think it's called patient number one or something like that was a flight attendant uh, stationed in the Pacific Northwest, either Portland or Seattle. And, you know, he flew everywhere. No. Yeah. Well, my friend who was patient 27, I think it was 27, might have been 26, doesn't really matter, uh, but he was one of the original cases that they were tracking. Uh, the reason that he was uh, being, tra or, or that they caught that there was something wrong early was he was a medical student at Emory in Atlanta, um, and he had just spent a year in Europe. Mm. And came back here. Who knows if he had uh, contact with patient number one? Yeah. But you're saying or, it was 75, 1975? No, that was a different person. Oh, okay. That was a different person. Yeah. it's yeah. And, and because there's such that long dormant period where you're, you're non-symptomatic, <clears throat> it's hard to connect the dots. 
of, of how you got mm-hmm. it, but eventually they did figure it out. Uh, and it's uh, through bodily fluids and in particular blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, men have sex uh, in a place where the lining is, is uh, fragile. Right. And so bleeding takes place. Um, women can get it too. Uh, but the vagina um, has thicker walls than the anus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, that's one thing, again, not a silver lining, that I think was missed in the, when, when AIDS, you know, blow up. The, the disease, it, though it hit our community uh, harder than anybody, the disease does not discriminate. Anybody and everybody did catch. Uh, all communities were affected by HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Except you, the lesbian community. Yeah, I mean, the lesbian community that wasn't into intravenous drug use. Right. <laughs> because yeah. that's, that's how it was, too. But it certainly did. You're right, Laron. It, it brought the community together. Uh, and I met a lot of people beca- because of that, wonderful people. I mean, it brought us together as a community. Right. We didn't right. have much of a community before that other than the bars. Yeah. The church. And the church. And the, and the political part of us but then but was the political political that active before then it was there there was a uh it it wasn't um it was a dga dallas gay alliance was already around yeah that had started in about 1976 the the mcc and and the counseling center those were kind of the three big ones and then the other ones came from that um but it also spurred our community to political activism because you know we were trying to get parkland hospital to come up with treatment for the people who were hiv positive Mm -hmm. and uh they had to be motivated (laughs) to do that and it was about well part of the problem was they didn't have the money to uh give the drugs that were available and the drugs that were available were AZT. Yeah. Which often did more harm more than de- good. But it was something. It was something. But it, it was also treating <coughs> the cancer and the... Um, PCP pneumonia. The pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. was getting a lot of people. And, um, and, and so I remember they kind of wanted us to sue them and lose so that they would... Be, so that the county would be forced to allocate the money that yes. was necessary. Yeah. Because the government is the one that would be giving out the money, and Ronald Reagan was not letting people use the word <clears throat> gay or AIDS. Yeah, it mm-hmm. took him forever just to utter the word. Yeah, he couldn't say the word. So, uh, you know, all this, I think, has helped us, like you said, form a community, become a community, but also, you know, all these people that were politically active and, and volunteering in the organizations, they, they all had jobs. They had careers, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and as this went on, a few people changed their career track from, I don't know, whatever it was, business or whatever, to working for non-for-profits as the CEOs. Uh, and we have some wonderful ones in Dallas. You know, John Thomas had been working for the Dallas Times-Herald. Dallas Times-Herald, right. Uh, William Weyburn changed his career and mm-hmm. uh, helped found the Victory Fund. C.C. Cox. 
Howie Dare was a school teacher. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, oh, uh, Leron is <laughs> giving me the break Leron sign. is breaking. <laughs> Usually I'm the one doing that. Uh, you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM, and we'll be back with more right after this. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. Listen. And that was Candy Markham, who's uh, just saying, can you tell she's from West Texas? <laughs> Sometimes that accent just does not go away. <laughs> That's fun. That is fun. What's your question? So, okay, well, just want to remind you, everybody, this is uh, uh, Pledge Drive. Pledge Drive. Give us a call at 972-647-1893. We are in the midst of cele uh, celebrating our 40th anniversary. Help us uh, do another 40. Um, so give us a call. David will be here. <laughs> David will be here. 972-647-1893 uh, or go to our website at knon.org and make that pledge. We're kind of going back, uh, making a kind of going down memory lane way back to 40 years ago, 1993. And you know, we've been talking a lot about the community and how uh, it was the big blow up of HIV and AIDS and how that impacted our community together. But I wanted to talk to you about um, relationships. I asked Viv and Louise this last week. So back in 1983, did you have an ever think we would be where we are now in terms of, because uh, you and your wife have been together for a pretty long time. Back in 1993, did you ever think we would have legal recognition of our um, relationships? You know, I, I really didn't. And, and although, you know, you think it's been a long time coming, it is my recent history. So I remember um, when Hawaii was trying mm -hmm. to get marriage. Mm -hmm. Now I was involved, really involved with the Human Rights Campaign, which is a, a national LGBTQ lobbying uh, firm or organization in DC. And our focus was AIDS. Our focus was trying to get the Ryan White Act, mm -hmm. trying to get money to come down to uh, local communities where we can get treatment for our people. That That is where our focus was. And then Hawaii comes out and wants to get married. And and so we hurried, <laughs> HRC as an organization, to kind of catch up with the movement of the, of the gay communities. Mm -hmm. But d don't you think that AIDS played a part of that? Because when gay men were dropping like flies in the 80s, if they were with a male partner... They had no re legal re recognition you to, so you, your, the, yeah. the families just came in and took over. Well, not only that, you couldn't visit them in the hospital. Couldn't visit them in a the hospital. You couldn't make any plans. I mean, unless you had legal documents, which is what happened too. That's another change in our community. Mm -hmm. um, is that we're, we're very smart about what documents to have to protect us because we had no protection. You couldn't um, even buy a house together. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my first house that I bought with somebody was in 1981, and um, it didn't occur to me that two people couldn't buy a house together. We weren't talking about a relationship. We're just two people. What if two friends want to buy a house? Right, just buy an investment property. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, so we had to go to several banks before we found one that would write a mortgage. Right. If they find out they could make money off of it, then they'll find a way. 
the land of my and work. that's what it came yeah. to the mortgage rate at the time was 18 percent i remember that <gasps> wow oh 18 really yes Oh my God. It was just crazy to try to buy something. But the point being is <clears throat> that we were trying to be couples in a way that we can protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when marriage finally did come to be, and I think it's threatened today, you, you have to be ever present with what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a minority, women, people of color, LGBTQ people, you, you have to be ever vigilant. Um, because you weren't given your your rights you went out and you had to to make that happen and earn that um, with political activism and you you have to always stay focused always on that but but we did get it uh, and and before that before marriage uh, it was against the law to be gay mm -hmm. There was a sodomy law mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the Texas books, 2106. Still on the books. Still on Is the books. Is it still on the books? Yep. Oh, it's still on the books. It's uh, just not enforceable right, right now. Right. Yeah, right now. I mean, doesn't that scare you? So <clears throat> to be ever vigilant, uh, you, you just cannot relax, and, and, and that's okay. We can, we can do this. But it is um, something that has to be purposeful. It's not something that's just granted Right. Like it tells us in the Constitution, mm -hmm. we have inalienable so, rights, you know, but it's for white men mainly. Yeah, so you've, if you know, for all the things that we enjoy today, if you look back 40 years in 1983, you it, lots of progress. It's a lot of progress that we have made, and that's not to be uh, that's not to be overlooked or never forgotten. And right. you know, something that we can enjoy today, what our tickets that we have available. <laughs> I do want to get that in so that people have a chance to call. Okay. So uh, from Netflix's uh, Three Mics and Blocks, comedian Neil Brennan is going to be uh, with his show called The Brand New Deal Tour. It's going to be this coming week, this coming Friday, on August 11th at the Texas Theater. The show starts at 7 o'clock. $75 gets you a pair of tickets. Um, we will email you those tickets. Um, then there's comedian. Give us a call, 972-647-1893, if you'd like those tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, Michelle Wolf, uh, again, one pair of tickets, another comedian. Uh, her show, uh, It's Great to Be Here, is going to be playing at the House of Blues on no November 17th. Uh, we got one pair of tickets for that for $75, uh, or $115 gets you a pair of tickets plus the T-shirt. Um, those tickets will also be emailed. 972-647-1893 is the number. And lastly, John Waters, not the movie maker. Um, he's going to be on tour at the End of World Tour. That's going to be on October 14th at the Longhorn Ballroom. Doors open at 6.30, but the show starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, general admission standing for these uh, th this show. Uh, we have one pair of tickets for $80. $120 gets you a pair of tickets and a T-shirt. This one, the tickets, you won't be getting tickets at all. Your name will just be at the door. So call us, get, pay, your names will be put down, just show up and you'll be at Granite Emission. 972-647-1893. We do need you to call if you want the tickets because we only have one pair for uh, each of those right. performers. Right. Uh, if you'd like to make a regular donation, uh, nine, uh, go to knon.org uh, and hit the Pledge Now button. 
We're talking to Candy Markham this hour, and we're just talking about our 40-year history of KNON and our 40-year history as a community. Yeah. And Lambda Weekly is 40 years of what we've been through. You know, you were talking about um, the Hawaii case. Mm-hmm. I remember Evan Wolfson was one of our first high-profile guests that we ever had on the show. Uh, we were back in the crack house on San Jacinto <laughs> at the time, and he crawled up into that attic and sat down at a little table that you could barely fit under. He was horrified by the, <laughs> the conditions of the neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, he, he certainly was a great guest. He was the attorney, and that's how he made his name, was huh, on that Hawaii case. The Hawaii case. Yeah, not, not by being on Land Weekly. <laughs> well, you know, I will tell you that a, a couple contacted me for couples counseling. And where had they heard of me? Right here. Lambda Weekly. That's awesome. So good for you all, listeners. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, one funny uh, incident that I had, I was uh, seeing something, I forgot what show it was, at Fair Park Music Hall, and I was standing back to back to somebody, and he kind of looked around, because uh, I was just talking to some people that I had gone to the show with, and he said, excuse me, are you David Taffet? And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, I thought so. I recognize your voice from the show. Isn't that something Isn't good that, for him for listening? Yeah. yeah but uh, Yeah, I, I, I bet that happened too. <laughs> I actually, it was two years ago. I had to take my husband in for a procedure. And the nurse, I had to, I had to sign some papers. And she said, I thought I recognized your voice. She goes, is your husband Laron from on the radio? <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's People do exactly. listen to us. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, um, we've been talking quite a bit about HIV uh, during this. But I want to go beyond that. Okay. Oh, okay. What no, I was just going to say, and it's interesting, 40 years later now in, in 2023, we don't hear much about it. No. We don't hear it. And I, and I have just, friends <clears throat> who have been positive for a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. And always you wonder what, what they're going to die of. Are they going to die early? Mm-hmm. But they're living. They're living and thriving. Yeah. And, you know, it, we don't hear much about it, but it's still around. There is not a cure. And people are still getting infected, too, they are. by the way. They are. You, you still... You know, you want to make sure that you know what your status is for HIV, and you want to make sure that your sexual partner knows what his status is. Uh, and when they say they're undetectable, uh, supposedly you cannot spread it when you're undetectable. But for me, I wouldn't need to see a doctor's report <laughs> if someone told me, "Oh no, I'm I'm negative." Right. I just think, you know. Show me. Prove it. Prove it to me. You still need to be careful, even yes. if you are undetectable. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, one reason that you don't hear about it as much is more doctors are treating it. Mm-hmm. I remember going yeah. with a friend. It, this was late 90s. Uh, and he was being, you know, the drugs had just come out. And his doctor was testing his viral load. And his doctor was testing his viral load and not putting him on any medication and testing his viral load. So he asked me if I would go along with him on an appointment. And it was in Denton County, probably Carrollton, though. 
it was not all the way up. So it wasn't that far from Dallas. Although Denton County seemed a lot farther then than it does, it does now. 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 Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was talking to the doctor, and I said, why don't you put him on medication? And he said, well, uh, we're not sure about the medication. You know, it was all these things. I said, either that or why don't you refer him to a specialist who specializes in HIV? And he said, oh, you won't find anything like that here. And I said, here's his, uh, the book of doctors that are covered. I said, she's an HIV specialist, he's an HIV specialist, and he's an HIV specialist. You know, one of them was Brady Allen, who just passed away. Yeah, mm-hmm. bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, and um, there, was, there was a woman who was an HIV specialist. Susan like, Diamond. Susan Diamond, right. She, I remember she was on the list. She was my doctor. Mm. I love Susan Diamond. Yeah. She's in Israel now. Oh, really? Uh-huh, being all Jewish. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another big difference in listening, you're talking about, you know, the testing, David, is the testing back in the 80s when they finally came up with an HIV test it took weeks to get a result result Mm -hmm. back and that was the most nerve-wracking three four weeks to get that test back now literally a swap you can get that test back in minutes Mm -hmm. minutes progress because we went and got the money to make them right do research and make them treat us minutes but if we hadn't Right. You know, we'd still we'd still be we'd be decimated as a community. Right. It's not like all of this progress would have just happened on its own. Not at all. If it wasn't for the community coming together and Right. Right. So Right. Um nobody's called on those tickets. Nobody's called on those tickets, but we're still here. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Call and get those tickets. Um, call and get, again, we got some great new T-shirts celebrating our 40th anniversary. And you can go to uh, um, our website, knon.org, um, to get them there also. But not the tickets. You've got to call us directly to get those tickets. Right. But if you'd like to make a donation, uh, and looking through that list of uh, donors, most of them were done online. Mm-hmm. I think we only took one or two calls last pledge drive. Now, can they, when the show is over, can they still go online and make a donation? Absolutely. Just Good designate question. that it's for Lambda Weekly, and it would be by my name, David Taffet. Yeah. Uh, or that gay show. It's not listed as that gay show. No, it's show. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too bad. no, it's a drop-down menu. You'll just see uh, David Taffet, and they have his name spelled correctly now. Right, for the first for time the first in 30 time. years. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Progress. Progress. Progress in lots of areas. (laughs) So um, just to kind of wrap up our discussion, where do you think uh, our rights are going? Well, I I think if we're ever vigilant, we're we're going to keep them. Uh, This is probably too optimistic, but I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I think when the country swings over to one pole or the other, it tends to swing back to the middle. And so I'm, I'm thinking we're pretty far right, uh, and I'm hoping that we can come back from that. Uh, but if we don't elect the right people, if we don't get out the right messages, uh, we are under attack. Yep. And we don't want to go back to 1983. And, and it all has, right. Exactly. And it all has to do with you voting and who you vote for. Absolutely. 
Again, we've got just another minute or two left. Give us a call at 972-647-1893 to make that pledge and to get those tickets. And uh, I'm not sure who our guest is next week. It's not Wesley, is it? No, he's is not. Is Aaron usually comes in on she after She was just do. here, though. Oh, was she? Oh, so it might yeah. be Leslie. I, I think it is Leslie, yeah. Let me call her Monday and <laughs> make sure we're on that one. So uh, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, if you'd like to make a pledge, go to knon.org and hit the Pledge Now button. Uh, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a good week. <laughs>